Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and Alan Watt Sentient Sentinel dot EU and May the 25th, 2007 I'm going to start off with a little article that came out the typical type of article that we're given which is almost kindergarten language for the general public from one of the many newspapers or magazines that are out there which feed you pieces of information given out by PR companies much higher above them there's no questioning of anything it's from them to us down to us as though God was speaking and we're all stupid morons at the bottom this one is from livescience.com again it's as I say it's something which is parroted and it's for public consumption this one is from the 4th of May 2007 by Andrea Thompson and I'm going to laugh at the way they even put this stuff up on their sites when you look at it it's your typical magazine you buy at the checkout counter in a in a grocery store add to delicious dig it save to newsvine add to reddit blah 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 it's, it's the silliness of it all as the they present this stuff to us we're used to all this silliness now so they have to wrap all this silliness into to the stuff that they want us to believe as well so here's what it says here an extensive and previously unknown twilight zone a twilight zone hmm, of particles in the atmosphere could complicate scientists effort to determine how much the earth's climate will warm in the future a new study finds this is your standard intro spiel for the unwashed masses a previously unknown twilight zone of particles now it's previously unknown now, now this is amazing since they've, they've been putting all these billions of bucks into the atmosphere and rockets and, and NASA uh, pilot projects to determine these are the first guys that told us about the ozone layer the only ones who can detect it with it because they have the equipment no one else can prove it in fact and we parrot holes in the ozone layer etc as we parrot everything else that the scientists you know the gods the new gods tell us were so easily managed previously unknown twilight zone of particles in the atmosphere it just appeared yep it's a new normal could complicate scientists effort to determine how much the earth's climate will warm in the future a new study finds now didn't they know that already all this hype 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 drumbeat about how it's going to warm what it's going to warm to and all the could be's and should be's etc it's a huge business now in addition to greenhouse gases these are buzzwords you see get us to repeat the buzzwords greenhouse gases which absorb infrared radiation or heat emitted from the earth's surface and send it back to the ground cloud droplets and aerosols such as dust and air pollutants in the atmosphere also affect the planet's temperature oh wow like this is new this is new that dust and air pollutants affect the planet's temperature also gives you 
a, a more beautiful sunset, the more pollutants are in it. In fact, when the volcanoes go off, you get tremendous sunsets across the world. I got that at kindergarten as well. The exact overall effect of these two types of particles is still uncertain. While clouds block incoming solar radiation, water vapour also acts as a greenhouse gas. There it is again, highlighted, trapping heat like a blanket. Now, recent satellite observations have found a zone of in-between particles in the air around clouds that was previously considered clear. Since a new normal has suddenly appeared. Suddenly appeared, and within a year it will always have been normal, as they scrub the old books away, you see. Where could these particles have come from? Could it be the metallic stuff that they're spraying all over the world and have been for the last few years? They won't mention that part, of course, because remember, boys and girls were in kindergarten again. The area around clouds has given us trouble, said study team member Lorraine Rimmer of NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland. Goddard Space Center. So if God's in it, it must be true. Right? The instruments detected something there, but it didn't match our understanding of what a cloud or an aerosol looked like didn't understand it. It was like a brand new new normal phenomena. What we think we're seeing is a transitional zone where clouds are beginning to form or are dying away, and where humidity causes dry particles to absorb water and get bigger. You can tell it wasn't the best PR spokesman that handed this spiel down for the lower ones to put out there to us unwashed masses to get bigger. Scientists have been aware of an indistinct halo surrounding individual clouds, but the newly detected zone is much more extensive, taking up as much as 60% of the atmosphere previously labelled as cloud-free. It just appeared, 60% of it all, just appeared out of nowhere. My, my, I wonder if the computers will, will eventually tell them there's, there's planes spraying this stuff, or if it's not on their program, maybe they'll keep on going round in circles and asking for billions of bucks every year while they investigate it. The previously unknown ingredient in the atmospheric mixture of particles will have to be factored into models that try to predict how the atmosphere influences the change of global temperatures. The effects of this zone are not included in most computer models that estimate the impact of aerosols on climate, said lead author Elan Corrin of the Wiseman Institute of Science in Israel. This could be one of the reasons why current measurements of this effect don't match our model estimates. So I guess the clouds will have to reorganize themselves to match the computers to make these geezers understand what they're looking at. This study was published in the 18th issue of the journal Geophysical Research Letters. And then you can go on to look up all the other stuff that they're going to terrify you with, like Timeline, the Frightening Future of Earth, The Definition of Cloud Gets Cloudy, and all about global warming as they all jump on the bandwagon. And we're supposed to say, my goodness, let's give everything up because this is just too horrendous. We're terrified, like a, one of these disaster movies, and they take all your rights away because, after all, Apparently we're causing it all, we're causing it all, you see, by breathing, breathing and living. So that's how the standard nonsense 
is fed to the unwashed masses who've been trained that just like the old priesthoods of previous years, this new priesthood in the white coats speaks for God. Or maybe they are God. The only difference is they keep changing their minds. So I guess God keeps changing his mind all the time, depending on what new program they have in their computer that finds things they never saw before. It's a blind God that can't see the spraying in the sky to find out where the 60, 60% space of the whole world's atmosphere suddenly has these particles in it that wasn't known before. Maybe it didn't exist before. Maybe that's why it wasn't known before. Maybe they should ask their computer that. Hmm. One of the last books that Carl Jung wrote about the changes that he saw coming. He said that in his day, of course, there was a big iron curtain. But we'll find that in history of the ancient system that came right up to the present. is the same system of builders, great builders. They came into countries with their system of money, power, bureaucracy, taxation, forcing the same system everywhere they went and building things, building capital cities, monuments and walls, great walls. They built walls everywhere, even across Britain when the Romans went in there. In China, the Great Wall of China, Wall Street for the money guys, the great builders of high, high, real masonry, not the little stuff at the bottom. And Carl Jung likened the the Iron Curtain of the communist system to what was happening across the whole world as, as he saw it in the future, the near future, because he said power within any organization, even a bureaucracy which has started or begun with a legitimate purpose or what seems to be legitimate cannot help but grow like a cancer it just expands if it weren't the case you see a bureaucracy or even a special police department or anything that's formed to investigate something and check something or scientists for that matter too on global warming they can't help it once they get grants coming in they must try and justify their reason for continued existence because everyone wants a permanent income and the higher the better in this system so therefore you find that bureaucracies of all kinds and even non-governmental organizations that start getting grants from governments that really are paid by governments and the big foundations that work with governments it's all the same thing really one huge multifaceted multi-faced world corporation with all these departments each one must and constantly keep justifying its need to exist another year another year another year ad infinitum that's how it goes every department every organization is the same And Carl Jung saw the people, the individualist, being stifled, totally suffocated by rules and regulations as they all overlapped 
each other for power. Lenin saw the same thing, but he was in on the big plan and wrote about it too. The same thing. Well, see, everyone's cashing in on, on the global warming that they say and keep saying and will continue to say and hype up till we parted it as well, just as easily. That's how you introduce changes in the system. You keep saying it. It is so, therefore it becomes so. And this is from the Vancouver Sun, May 24th, 2007. That was Thursday. And also, I don't know why it says Monday, May 21st, 2007. But anyway, it's got future flood of climate refugees ahead. And it says RCMP police report warns of a potentially overwhelming influx of people if global warming forces millions to flee Bangladesh, the big Bangladesh, and other countries. And this is by Chad Skelton of the Vancouver Sun. It says he published Tuesday, January the 30th, 2007. So I don't know why they have all these dates on it. Global climate change could pose serious challenges for police in BC, British Columbia. From public disorder, oh here they go, during natural disasters to climate refugees fleeing flooded countries, according to an internal RCMP report obtained by the Vancouver Sun. Now why do police have all these secret reports, you see, and you have to obtain it if they're serving the public? Yeah, if, if they're serving the public. The report, External Trends Influencing Policing in British Columbia, was prepared in September 2005 for senior BC Mounties attending an annual planning meeting and covers several topics. It was obtained by The Sun through the Access to Information Act. The report section on climate change, this is the police getting on it, states that effects on British Columbia's weather patterns are already occurring. Wetter winters and drier summers in BC have increased the risk for flooding and forest fires. Now, it's true they've had forest fires uh, a few, two or three years ago. One of them was terrible, and it's, it came out after much bungling and much finger-pointing that also the forestry departments have stopped putting fires out, and they start them now because apparently the new policy, the new normal, is that occasional forest fires are good for the land and the timber get rid of all the underbrush so they start them and they drop this pitch burning pitch from helicopters which the show is on television and it's amazing too the pollution it causes these massive, when there's thousands of acres going up in flames you see this big black pall of smoke but you see when government does it it's good pollution when you burn your little wood stove it's bad pollution this is the insanity we're expected to accept and unfortunately lots of people do accept this nonsense so yeah they've been starting fires and we've had lots more forest fires since we also have the harp working over time and in harp it's amazing because they can superheat the atmosphere which they do causing massive explosions we had that two or three years ago when we had bangs over British Columbia down to Washington states the set of fire alarms and, and uh, car alarms all down through the, the places, the whole places, hundreds of miles. 
and the experts flooded on the TV the next day with all their opinions. Well, it must have been a meteorite. Didn't see it, but it must have been. And then about a week later, we had the same thing happening over Australia. Massive bangs in the sky, clear days, nothing seen. And then that was the HARP technology superheating the atmosphere and causing explosions. Well, they can also cause lightning. The Wizard of Oz has all the tricks up his sleeve. This report goes on to say that global warming is likely to lead to more natural disasters and severe weather, as well as increased spread of disease and waterborne pathogens. And those natural disasters, the report states, are something the RCMP must be prepared for. A growing number of natural disasters and extreme weather events both globally and in BC have increasingly focused attention on the need for extensive preparations for mitigating the effects and public disorder problems that attend such disasters, it states. Looking to the future, the report states that Canada's north could become warmer and more hospitable to marine traffic, posing new security challenges and that climate refugees are a potential issue climate refugees. I wonder if they'll get grants for that. RCM spokesman Staff Sergeant John Ward said in an interview Monday that climate change is one of many issues the force is monitoring. I guess they got another grant for that. We think there may be an impact on police that might be an issue, he said. It's on our radar. However, he said that unlike drug smuggling and or organized crime, the Mountains don't believe global warming requires an immediate police response. Hmm. William Rees, an ecologist at the University of British Columbia, said, While it is impossible to make precise predictions about climate change, if that's impossible to make precise predictions about climate change, why has the whole world signed all these different treaties to change us if they can't predict or make precise predictions about climate change. They continued, The fears raised in the RCM port are a credible scenario. Well, anything's credible. I mean, anything could be made possible. Anything could be possible. For example, said Rees, many climatologists predict global sea levels will rise about one metre by the end of the century. Now, many do predict that, and they're all working for the UN, because they live on grants, you see. These scientists, but that also means if many climatologists predict it, it also means that many of the other ones don't. Let's assume, for the sake of argument, that we are talking about a one-meter sea level rise. So, in other words, let's take a hypothesis that you can't predict, because the guy before said you can't predict, and so here they are predicting anyway, and, and taking a, a figure out there, one meter at the end of the century. This is old stuff, really. They're rehashing. Let's assume, for the sake of argument, we're talking about one meter sea level rise, then you're talking about certainly tens, possibly hundreds of millions. Oh, so it starts off of tens, possibly hundreds, or millions of climate refugees globally, he said. Most of the world's major seaports would be endangered. Much of Bangladesh would be inundated. Bangladesh again, Bangladesh. Rees said current illegal migration along the U.S.-Mexican border will be like a picnic compared to what might be ahead. Oh, they're always predicting we're in a disaster mode. Everything could be a potential disaster, and you'll find a solution. It's lots and lots and lots of taxpayers' money. And Western countries as the main producers of greenhouse gases. Oh, here we go again, greenhouse gases. That, that buzzword that just got into vocabulary. 
would have a serious moral obligation to assist those refugees, he said. Such a global exodus would require a response from agencies like the RCMP, said Rees. Now, what happens if Canada gets wiped out and we're all fleeing over to Bangladesh? Huh? Who's going to pay the RCMP then? Mm, think about that and put it in your report. You could have a, a meeting about it. It's not impractical to think of the increasing military and policing actions that are necessarily going to accompany mass movements of that kind, he said. Morag Carter, director of the Climate Change Program at the David Suzuki Foundation, (laughs) the World Wildlife Fund, said while it's important for agencies like the RCMP to plan for global warming, governments and individuals should take measures now to reduce greenhouse gases. Planning for catastrophic events in the future is a very important thing to do, she said. You know, all these disasters movies started with, I think it was The Blob, The Blob, and then they went into earthquake movies and burning infernos like towers going down, and and here we are, they're using the same techniques, probably the same script writers to put all this stuff out to us from the top. Same technique, actually. Planning for catastrophic events in the future is a very important thing to do, she said, but it's the sort of thing you do while you're also doing your best to prevent the disaster happening in the first place. Well, there you go. With all the stuff you cannot predict, according to the other expert in the same write-up, here the rest of them are going on predicting it. And we're in limbo as the dialectic is played out on our minds. But the one good thing is, above the report, Check out your horoscope and astrology. That gives it a lot of credibility. You see? And that's from the Vancouver Sun. Maybe it's in the stars, eh? Now, this next piece is from Parallel Normal, which I've read from before. Tuesday, May 22nd, 2007. And it's about the microchip. It says here, The sick and elderly first targets for chipping. There's a picture of a microchip. It's actually a large one from the Vera Chip Company. They have a much, much smaller now, which they can inject by needle. Much smaller, much smaller, a fraction of that size that you'll see on the, the picture on Parallel Normal website. It says, This won't hurt a bit, at least you won't remember. An Alzheimer's care facility in Florida will implant RFID tags into its patients to help identify them in case they stray from campus. Of course, it's unlikely anyone who finds these test subjects wandering along the road will even think to scan them still. ABC News lapped it up. Well, abracadabra. Dozens of diabetics in Boston and Georgia have also been implanted with the subcutaneous RFID chips made by Verichip. The ABC News piece reads, RFID opponent Catherine Albrecht. Now, I think Mark has already written. He tells you he's written about Albrecht for Wired News in the Boston Globe. Albrecht is an avowed Christian who believes that RFID tags, or ARFIDs, may be a precursor to the mark of the beast described in the book of Revelation as an inconvenient angle for many 
for mainstream reporters, which, when the reporters quote her, invariably leave out of the story. Well, they can't, you see, they can't connect the two, because if you connect the two, you have to start thinking off in different directions, either either revelation was true, you see, predictions could be true, which means there's a God, and oh my goodness, you can't go there. Or else, the other part of it is, the clique who control this world are following revelations to the letter, which is a good ploy, because when you have millions of people convinced that if it's God's will, you can't do anything about it, then the more you hype that propaganda up, the more they will just sit back and do nothing, saying there's nothing you can do. It's good psychological warfare. One or the other, you can take your pick. And then Mark goes on to talk about his relationship with Albrecht became strained after a Wired News editor reworded certain passages in my write-up, he says, of Spy Chips, a book Albrecht co-authored and which includes quotes from me. The Wired News editor wanted the piece to appear more sceptical of Albrecht's book. He also tagged it as a review under Mark's byline, which it never intended to be. In other words, he's telling you, yes, they will spin things and they will alter things which don't fit what they want the public to know. Or they'll twist it to give you a different impression or lasting perception of something. That's to do with that. So they always go for the children first, and then the sick eventually, and the elderly. The elderly, the ones who have the, the least power, is who they go for first, always. The ones in the middle are too busy running after the big carrot and enjoying themselves and having lots of sex, and sometimes drugs, or whatever else they happen to be into. Lots of hobbies, lots of little things to pass the time, or sports and they don't care about the young or the elderly and that's the sad truth about society and that's why this this can be done uh, generation after generation until it's your turn to to join the the latter category of the elderly and then they come and whack you and there's no one to stand up for you you wonder where all the safety nets are you find there are no safety nets really you have only one authority over you and bang, in goes a chip, and they have you where they want you, at their mercy. And that's really what that's about. You're at their mercy. I surprised the Mounties from the last thing I talked about there, the last article. I'm surprised they haven't jumped and asked for a grant on that. Uh, to see if they can get the trackers and a special team where they could find these wandering people who don't know who they are, supposedly. A, a tracking team. They could ride around horses and lasso them and pull them in. There's grants everywhere, you know, if you look hard enough. This article I'm about to read is from BBC News Technology. BBC.co.uk navigation. And it says BBC News 24, May 21st, 2007. It says, and I guess this is a new term they're using for the infrared 
system that runs the wireless internet you know, the stuff they're dozing cities with now and, and making wireless big cities and whole areas which is really tied in with the coming ID card with the active chip so you'll be traced everywhere you go and then down the road it'll be used for the chip implant that's what's, that's why the big push is on for making everything wireless everywhere constant tracking wherever you are that's the real purpose of it down the road it says here they're calling it Wi-Fi Wi-Fi, very trendy Wi-Fi they love trendiness wireless fidelity I guess I have no, no idea but anyway it's infrared technology from the microsystems and microwave systems Wi-Fi health fears are unproven scientists hear that big conglomerate again scientists say you know the, the faceless ones God has spoken, scientists have said there is no evidence to suggest a link between the use of Wi-Fi and damage to health. So this is your statement right at the top, which is what will st- stay in your memory after you read the rest of the stuff, doesn't matter. It's the first part you'll retain, that's why it's at the top and it's in bold at the top BBC programme Panorama this is a, their investigative bunch that really, the top guys always work for MI5 found that radiation levels from Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi in school, that was Wi-Fi, <laughs> in one school was up to three times the level of mobile phone mast radiation. In another article they put out, they said it's actually than the main beam of the mobile phone mast radiation. So, so this perception is altered by the emission of that main beam. The readings were 600 times below the government safety limits. Well, what, what the heck is the safety limit of radiation? Huh? But there is ongoing debate about Wi-Fi use. Sir William, Sir William Stewart, Sir William Stewart, chairman of the Health Protection Agency, has said there needs to be a review of Wi-Fi. He told Panorama that there was evidence that low-level radiation from devices like mobile phones and Wi-Fi Oh God, Wi-Fi uh, uh, Trendy words to put in, trendy little buzzwords did cause adverse health effects But some experts, you know, these are the, the faceless ones again Some experts in the scientific community have disagreed with his assessment Now, he's someone who's not involved, eh? independent Wi-Fi seems unlikely to pose any risk to health, said Professor Laurie Chalice of Nottingham University. Professor Chalice is chairman of the Mobile Telecommunications and Health Research Program and Management Committee. Well, you see, if, if he gave another honest opinion about it, he'd be out of a job, since he's the chairman of, of, of a whole industry, really, uh, a part of the research program. He'd put himself out of a job if he said the opposite, so he has to say this. So his Wi-Fi exposures are usually very small. The transmitters are low power and some distance from the body. They can be near to the body, however, when a laptop is on one's lap. And my own view is that just as we encourage young children not to use mobile phones, we should also encourage them to use their laptops on a table rather than on their lap if they're going online for a long time. Now, I'd like to just point this little thing out here. Some countries, such as Sweden, have also put money into this research, and they've found that uh, there's tremendous damage caused by uh, microwave radiation. Not this Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. <laughs> wiffy, wiffy. 
And isn't it odd that they even call it laptop? Like they didn't know this before they started, before they gave it to the public. The thing is called laptop to encourage the youngsters to put on their lap. What's in your lap? Huh? Now what does radiation of that kind eventually do long term? And maybe even short term, depending on the strength. It makes you rather sterile. Hmm. Whose policy would that fit into? Do you think they just dish this stuff out and it's not tested or they don't know? We're expected to, to believe that this, they just bungle once in a Well, quite often they bungle things when they, they eventually admit to you something. They just didn't know. That's rubbish. That's nonsense. They know darn well what they're doing at the top because all technology comes from the top intelligence agencies who had it long before the public gets it. In fact, they, are, they authorize the pub when the public will get it at the low end of the spectrum. They know all this stuff. As part of this investigation, Panorama visited a school in Norwich with more than a thousand pupils to compare the level of radiation from a typical mobile phone mast with that of Wi-Fi in the classroom. Readings taken for the program broadcast on BBC One on Monday showed the height of Wi-Fi signal strength to be three times higher in the school classroom than the main beam of radiation intensity from a mobile phone mast. So it's three times higher in the school classroom than the main beam of radiation intensity from a mobile phone mast. Sir William recommended to the government in 2002 that the beam of greatest intensity from a phone mast should not fall on any part of the school grounds unless the school and parents agreed to it. Yeah, let's, radiators, please. Please, radiators. I can see the parents doing that. They, like, they really care. The parents really, it's the problem is they're not involved at all. They expect the system to take care of their children for them. That's the new socialist system. And keep them out of the parents' hair. Medical physics expert Professor Malcolm Sperrin told BBC News, again, he's a, a medical physics expert, Remember that. We love experts. Bertrand Russell again. Professor Malcolm Spiron told BBC News that the Wi-Fi radiation in a particular school was three times higher than a mobile phone mast was irrelevant. It's irrelevant, you see, unless there was any evidence of a link to health effects. Wi-Fi is a technique using very low-intensity radio waves, while similar in wavelength to domestic microwave radiation, now, what does a domestic microwave do? Huh? Does it cool things, perhaps? No. No. It's to cook things. It says, oh, well, similar in wavelength to domestic microwave radiation, the intensity of Wi-Fi radiation is 100,000 times less than that of a domestic microwave oven. Well, what size of oven is he talking about? I've seen some huge ones with some incredible power. But that's how they word it, you see. Furthermore, tissue can only be effectively heated by a wavelength that is closely matched to the absorption, and there are strict guidelines for ensuring such absorption peaks are avoided. I can remember, too, uh, when the microwaves hadn't been out for a few years, and the same programs in Britain were doing investigations into secretaries who had gone blind in the eye closest to their office uh, microwave that had been put in. 
Both of them, at least in one of them, went blind in the eye nearest to them. And of course, those microwaves were told were said to be very, very safe, and and they were sold to the public. There was a big hullabaloo about that at the time, and that was hushed up by big industry, etc. Plus, back in those days, they knew that down the road they'd eventually put chimp implants in people and track them with the cell phone technology before we even heard of the cell phones. It was all planned out, and they couldn't give microwave a bad image. It was essential for this tracking. And they're not going to change their minds, no matter what evidence actually could come up, even if it was allowed into the public limelight. Contrary evidence or counter evidence, that, or, or evidence that simply says that this is bad for you and proves it, they simply won't make it because this is a must be, a must be in this system. The type of radiation emitted by radio waves, Wi Fi, visible light, microwaves and mobile phones has been shown to raise the temperature of tissue at very high levels of exposure called a thermal interaction but there is no evidence that low levels cause damage really it's like radiation all the early experimenters into the field of radiation and isotopes for x-rays and various other things even, even Madame Curie's husband, I mean, he really was an inventor. She simply took it over. Uh, he died, like many of them did, with radiation uh, contamination. And they were dealing, dealing with very low levels compared to what they have today. And eventually it came into the medical field. There is no safe level of X-rays or radiation. That it simply isn't. It's accumulated in a sense. The effects. So we're going through the same nonsense with this one, but it's a must-be, so they're not going to give you any contrary evidence. The Health Protection Agency has said that sitting in a Wi-Fi hotspot for a year results in receiving the same dose of radio waves as making a 20-minute mobile phone call. That's what they said. Now, should we believe them, I wonder? It's kind of like the other agencies they have there, like the Food and Drug Administration in the U.S. You find all the employees... Uh, go into the food and drug agencies to work they come back out into the the protection agency and then they go back out and back and forth one of them actually has gone back and forth five times a woman, she's still, she's been in the congress and then back to work for the Food and Drug Administration Bureau but guess whose side she's on it's the same with all these agencies the health protection agency so trying to tell us it's just like a 20-minute mobile phone call, which I have never done, by the way. I don't have a mobile phone, and I won't have one. It goes on to say, Some people suspect a non-thermal interaction, but there is no evidence to suggest that this exists, and indeed it is unlikely, said Professor Spiron. Yeah, a non-thermal interaction. There's no evidence. Hmm. I wonder if that first report I read about the new particles in the atmosphere will change that. They will have a new report on this. Research proceeding. This is the same article. He added, radio waves, Wi-Fi and other non-ionizing radiations have been part of our lives for a century or more, and if such effects were occurring, then damage or other untoward effects would have been recorded and studied. He doesn't go on to say that they still actually have been. In fact, Toronto on the CBC television uh, it could have been part of the national news, the national, they call it. They do their little daily specials. 
was on a doctor in Toronto who had a microwave detector who was going around Toronto picking up the signals from all the different cell phone towers that have scattered through the city. These small rectangular ones are, are all microwave towers that they stick on the tall buildings. They're all over the place because there's a new phenomena called cell phone poisoning, basically. People are having tremendous reactions to, to them, including massive lethargy, mood swings, um, the physical symptoms. The ones who've moved out of the city were followed up and they've recovered. So this is a phenomenon which it does exist, and yes, studies have gone into it and they are ongoing. So this guy isn't quite telling the truth. He's telling a fib, as they say in Britain. That's a very polite word when you're, when you're fibbing. Research is still proceeding in this area at leading centres in many countries, but evidence points to Wi-Fi transmissions being well below any likely threshold for human effects. I can remember when thalidomide was given out when I was really small to women who were pregnant. They tried this stuff up initially on people who had problems with uh, elderly, in fact. They used it for the elderly at first, thalidomide, the drug, by the drug companies, for helping giving tone to the bladder for attention of urine at night so they wouldn't be up and down to the washrooms or the bathroom. Then it didn't work too well with side effects, so they tried the next target and claimed it would do tremendous things for women who were pregnant, and it certainly did when they gave birth to children with arms and legs missing and all the rest of it. And then it was, oops, we didn't know, yada yada. And they've actually reintroduced the Lorinamide again a few years ago uh, for its next con game, which is, well, it might help women and, and prevent breast cancer. You see, you can't keep these guys down with a good con. They keep, they keep at it and bring it back under different names and stuff. So here they are. It's the same deal here. Research is still proceeding in this area at leading centres in many countries, but evidence points to Wi-Fi transmissions being well below any likely threshold for human effects. Any likely. That's very reassuring. Police Professor Malcolm Spurn said it's impossible to prove that something has no effect. It's impossible to prove, you see. Panorama spoke to Professor Ole Johansson of the Karolinska Institute in Sweden, who said there have been many recorded effects, such as chromosome damage from low-level radiation. And that is true. It's only true when you want to know, though. If you don't want to know, it's not true. Professor Henry Lay from Washington State University, also quoted in Panorama, said he had found health effects at similar levels of radiation to Wi-Fi. He estimated that of the two to 3,000 studies carried out over the last 30 years, there's a 50-50 split, half finding an effect, with the other half finding no effect at all. Well, see, one half is getting paid by the guys that make all this stuff, and the other ones are not. And that's why you come up with your findings. But Professor Will Jai Stewart, fellow of the Royal Academy of Engineering, said 
Science has studied the safety of mobile phones for many years, and the overwhelming body of evidence shows little cause for concern. So these are very another independent character. Fellow of the Royal Academy of Engineering, you know the big society that makes big dollars from all these agencies and gets grants and stuff that makes the cell phones and towers. But it's a must be, as I said. As for Wi-Fi, although these devices operate at a modestly different frequency to mobiles, modestly different. You see, modestly is not a lot. They also operate at a lower power level over a much shorter range. Well, how much radiation do you want? No issue. Add to the fact that high bandwidth Wi-Fi devices are less likely to be head-mounted and there really is no issue here. It's kind of like if you don't touch the isotope, you'll be fine. This is not to say that all electromagnetic radiation is necessarily harmless. Sunlight, for example, poses a significant cancer risk. So if you're using your laptop on the beach... (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, Why would you take a laptop to the beach... You can imagine the sand that we get in it and all the rest of it, and all your scratchy blazes. Uh, addictions indeed, addictions. Well, what would you be looking at at the beach? Huh? Why would you be staring at a computer screen? So if you're using your laptop on the beach, make sure and get some shade. <laughs> yeah, put the laptop over your head like a book. Ah. <clears throat> Professor Sperrin said one of the difficulties around Wi-Fi research... Well, that could only come from Britain. Uh, Professor Spern said one of the difficulties around Wi-Fi research was that it was impossible to prove a negative. It's impossible to prove that something has no effect, he said. He said that there was no justification in discarding Wi-Fi until it could be proved unsafe. The educational benefits for using laptops and having access to information far outweigh any unproven fears over the safety of Wi-Fi. I am more concerned about the heat laptops generate, the impact it could on sensitive parts of the body. I guess some of the heat impact that could affect sensitive parts of the body. So there you have the usual stuff, the dialectic, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, until you're punch drunk, and most folk give up and accept it as being okay because they wouldn't give you anything that wasn't right. That's how it, that's how you think. That's how your logic goes, and that's how you've been trained. Trained not to think for yourself. And if lots of folk are doing it, it must be good because your neighbours are all doing it and using it or whatever. But never underestimate the vast stupidity of large groups of people. Now, in closing, I've talked before about. Counterintelligence and how heroes are often given to the public who take the intelligence, the the facts that are being passed around, the questions that come to discussions and, and f- producing facts and various theories which are very plausible and probably correct. That's called intelligence that circulates amongst people. Counterintelligence takes that attaches it to something ridiculous and spins it off into outer space which discredits the facts and when you go try and people tell people the facts once more without the incredulous stuff 
they laugh at you thinking you're one of those strange guys who see certain things which most folk don't it's a good ploy but it's been used so often here to finish up is a letter from Gary in England he emailed me with this he said family and I just got back from a weekend in Blackpool Blackpool's a coastal city where people used to go the working class used to go for their uh, for their occasional weekend with the family it has shows and things for the children and that was a big deal uh, at one time still is to an extent it says the first night I was there I spotted a big sign saying conspiracies exposed it was advertising an ex- exhibition about 9-11 and how we'd been lied to about our history etc I had a look around and there was some good info but it seemed to be heavily influenced by and I won't say the word that would be ticky, attacky by this certain person's work it cost me and my last four quid each that's four pounds and a couple of quid for the bairns the bairns are the children the bloke showed us around, the fellow, that's the guy, showed us around seemed canny, but within about five minutes he was getting into the reptile stuff. That type of thing is just going to turn off the average Joe who would otherwise maybe go further down the rabbit hole, but then it's supposed to write. Just thought I'd let you know about that. And that's exactly right. They attach the facts with the incredible fiction spin it into outer space and ridicule all of it so it's all in a twilight zone that's counterintelligence and the word even conspiracy you see that the big boys want the people who are talking about the facts to go along and, and have themselves labelled as conspiracy theorists the big boys put that term out for those to adopt in fact many people who have been going around exposing things have quite happily accepted the term conspiracy theorist it's now like a big new hobby of weirdos so don't discredit your stuff stick to the facts don't discredit yourself in the process just stick to the facts and and you will get through to people if you just simply stick to the facts so that's very very true and this kind of thing is happening all over these kind of uh, shows are obviously funded as well that's it for me for the weekend I'll still be busy this weekend as I always am so from Hamish and myself it's good night and may your God or your gods go with you that is always hope Only because it's the one thing that no one has figured out how to kill yet.
But you never help to fill my empty spoon And when I was ten You murdered law with courtroom politics And you learned to make a lie sound just like truth But I know you better now And I don't fall for all your tricks And you've lost the one advantage of my youth You kill a black man at midnight Just for talking to your daughter Then you make his wife your mistress And you leave her without water And the sheet you wear upon your face Is the sheet your children sleep on And at every meal you say a prayer You don't believe but still you keep on And your money says in God we trust But it's against the law to pray in school You say we beat the Russians to the moon And I say you starve your children to do it You are far across the ocean In a war that's not your own And while you're winning theirs You're gonna lose the one at home Do you really think the only way to bring Sacrifice your children And kill all your enemies The politicians all make speeches While the newsmen all take notes And they exaggerate the issues As they shove it down our throats Is it really up to them Whether this country sinks or floats Well, I wonder who would lead us If none of us would vote